What's the t- what's the name of that song? Nice. Who's the artist? Oh, okay. Every single week, we don't know the artist. That's cool. It's, it's one, they're one-hit wonders. That's the whole point. I'm going to do some crowd control again. Is that okay? Cool. Can we, the middle section, can we move you guys in and come up, please? Can we do that? Come on, side sections, let's move you, move you in and come on up. Welcome to Highlight Church, where the pastor moves people. Thank you all so much for cooperating. Uh, it's going to be a, um, some extra points in heaven for you. All right. Yeah, hey, um, <clears throat> I want to make a few announcements. Um, last year in 2017, we had over 100 people. Uh, give their hearts and their lives to Jesus Christ. That was in 2017. Um, This year thus far, within the first four months, there have been nearly 35 people to make decisions for Jesus. Um, And as well, we have a lot of baptisms lined up. May 27th, if you haven't been baptized yet, um, it's it's a symbol that you've made a faith decision. It's a representation that the old you is dead and the new you is here. And so if you haven't signed up for baptism yet, it's a very special thing. Um, You should be baptized. Christ himself was baptized, and uh, so was your pastor. So um, you should be baptized. Uh, But we're going to teach on baptism that day. May 27th, please sign up. Invite your friends, your family those that don't know Jesus and you want to be a witness unto them, they'll come for your baptism if they don't come for any other reason. So May 27th, um, also as a church, uh, within the first three to four months, um, since uh, the top of the year, we've experienced 80% in our attendance, um, growth in our attendance. We were averaging uh, around 150 around Christmas time, but we're now up around 240, so God is really moving. We can, we can celebrate that. Um, it does nobody but the devil any good for the church not to grow. So that's a real reason to celebrate there. So uh, with that being said, um, we, we are praying. I have a mentor in North Carolina um, who he told me, you have to set a date. You can't keep dancing around with this thing. And uh, I've been praying about going to a second worship experience. Um, And I've said once we get around 240, 250 consistently and we're there, um, I'm going to start to consider a second worship experience. But you're going to have to make a decision. So it's not going to be like 945 a.m. and 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 1130. It's going to be something like a 9 o'clock and an 11 o'clock. So you're going to have to be like, which one do I want to come to? Or do I want to wake up early or sleep in a little bit or, or whatever? But at any rate, <coughs> we're, we're, we're tapping out in here as far as what we can do with pipe and drape and the seats. Uh, we're averaging about 40 kids in the kids' rooms. We've already opened up a fourth room back there. So it is time to go to a second service. Um, the date there is, I think, September 9th we have it set. Um, but if, our, if this summer is going to be anything like last summer, we may have to add a second experience in July or August. 
they say for church plants, especially the way we started, we moved here with nine people, we built the launch team, and uh, we started with 24. Uh, the first week was great. The second week, 40 people came. Um, but God was faithful. They say if you survive your first summer, it's indicative of long-term uh, impact. And so Highlight Church, you're going somewhere, and you're going somewhere big in this city and in this county. And um, God, is, God is honoring it. And so um, with that being said, if we start seeing growth in June or July, let's be ready to, to, to create a place for more people to find Christ and to find a church home. With that being said, um, if you have attended Highlight Church past three or four weeks, a month or so, maybe this is your first time. We just had uh, Super Steps the other day, and there's a young lady in here who joined the church her first Sunday. She was in Super Steps 3. If you've been in attendance and you believe in what God is doing here and you want to be a part of it in a big way, uh, the growth is coming, and we need your help. Simply put, we need you. You have gifts. You have talents. You have a calling. Um, it's not all for the world. It's not just to make money. It's to glorify God. It's to create a place so that people can find Jesus. So we need your help, and we need you to serve, especially as we go to a second service. Uh, with all that being said, we're going to talk about this later, but uh, we're going to have church in the park next Sunday, and it's going to be super fun. It's to the point where if you are ma- if you're mad with somebody in this room, like if if you were doing pipe and drape by yourself and Andy's not here, so I'm gonna talk about him. And Andy says, "Hey, I'm gonna help you, but I'll be right back. I gotta check on something." And he never came back. And you've held a grudge in your heart since that Sunday, which you shouldn't. You need to repent. Um, you're gonna get a chance to hit Andy over the head on Sunday. It's going to be fun. Aero tag, uh, hamster ball, all these great things we, we got lined up for you. If you have any youth, any kids, anyone that's not coming to church, next Sunday is going to be the time to invite them. Mid-70s, we're pulling out the grill. It's going to be a great time. So um, church in the park, H.L. Hanks. We like to, over the spring and summer, shorten our worship experiences so that we can spend some more time with you. So it's going to be fun. Um, also, I'm just going to throw this on your radar, and then we're going to get into the work. Um, June 10th is going to be our last Sunday in here for the summer. Um, a lot of announcements, right? Um, June 10th, last Sunday here, we'll be back uh, at the top of September. They, they got some construction they have to do, and so we got to go. Uh, we're figuring it out right now where we're going to be, um, not too far away, hopefully. But... Um, just be prepared to not meet here. I think it's going to be in Redland Middle School about five, five minutes away. Um, so please pray for God to open a door. Um, Satan is busy. And like I said, it only does him good for the church not to grow. The reason we're encountering so much, the reason you don't want to wake up on Sunday is because there's something here for you on Sunday. The reason you don't want to serve faithfully on Sunday is because you're growing in your faith on Sunday. So please understand that whenever you're a part of a vision like this, nine people, less than 18 months, 300 people, God is, uh, God is moving. Satan is going to oppose you. He's going to try to keep you from here. You have to press into your faith. Paul said it like this. He said, let us move on from the elementary teachings of salvation 
baptism, repentance, and let us go on to the steak and potatoes of our faith. Anyone want to go on to the steak and potatoes of your faith? God has so much more for you. Well, praise God. That's my uh, 10 minutes. Um, hey, we got a, uh, not a guest speaker. We keep saying guest, um, but this individual is very special. Um, I can tell because their notes are five pages. Mine's are only two, so they are very special in a good way. But they're going to be done quicker than me because I like to talk a lot. But anyway, um, this person is very special. Um, she pours her heart into everybody and, and everything that she does. Um, in all honesty, um, had, it, had it not been for her faith and her tenacity, Highlight Church would not exist. I would not know you. Uh, many a times I've wanted to give up and quit um, because of the spiritual pressure um, that comes from leading people. We're all broken and it's tough. Uh, but each and every time God has used her to, to speak into my life prophetically, um, to see further than what I was seeing. Um, uh, when we moved here, uh, saying, hey, babe, when we move, you're not going to work, and we're going to do what we have to do to survive because it won't be like this always. And so um, she's just been faithful. She speaks into my life. Uh, she's given birth to both of my kids. And I honor you, and I love you, and I'm ready to hear the word that God has placed in your heart. Let's give it up for Kyra Redding, everybody. Come on, this is your pastor's wife. Hello, Highlight Church. How are you guys? Yes, it's awesome to see your faces. Awesome. I won't take up any more time because we got to get in this. Let's go to Acts 16, 11 through 15. And we're going to read these verses. It's a couple of them. And I pray that you take notes. I say this all the time. We are a note-taking church. My notes have been such a, a, a source of life for me in so many different areas of my life. I can go back and realize what God spoke to me in that time. So take your notes. They're good. All right. Verse 11, it says this. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Symmethris. And the next day, we landed at Neapolis. From there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we'd stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a river bank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was named Lydia from Thyatira and a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. She's got a loaded title. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Lydia was a boss, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, Lydia was a boss. Let's get some interaction going on. There you go. Look at your other neighbor and say, Lydia was persistent. There you go. You guys, we've been talking about these one-hit wonders for a reason. Lydia's moment of opening her heart and listening to Paul has created some monumental steps forward. And we're going to look at, as we just open up her life, what that looks like. And I am praying that these people that we talk about in Scripture, you go back to and say, God, use me in that way. Use me in that way, because he can and he will. So the title of this sermon today is 
All it takes is one. All it takes is one. That's it. All it takes is one. And so just to give you a couple of uh, or context, in my house, my, past, uh, my husband and I say context is king because it is. When you're confused about something you're reading in the Bible, go back a chapter. Oftentimes, God will clarify what you're reading, okay? So that's just a little, little tip there. So what we're reading here is Paul, Silas, Timothy, they have a whole church planting crew, okay? And Paul in Acts 9, which is a great chapter also, has this conversion where he came to a place where he was literally killing Christians. And at that point, his name was Saul. Saul meant asker or questioner. Paul was very prideful in this time. He was a theologian in, in the Jewish um, sect. Uh, he was a Pharisee. He knew all things, but Paul didn't know Jesus. And so we get this term, oh, knock him off his high horse, right? Because that's literally what Jesus did. He showed up when Paul was on the road to Damascus, and he knocked him off of his horse. And so Paul, well, he actually said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so from that moment on, Paul realized that he was called and he was marked. And his name changed to Paul, which I love this because we learned about names last week. And Paul's name meant small or humble. So God then had to enter Paul into a process, as much and most of us do after we give our lives to Jesus. It's not you give your life and it's all good. No, you enter into a process with him, right? Oftentimes we read the Bible and it's Acts 9, 10, 11, 12, and we think it happened within a week. No. Before Paul actually went on his first missionary journey, it was 10 years. Three years he was trained, the, the scripture says, under Jesus himself, okay? He was like a hard body apostle, prophet, preacher, teacher, you name it. That was Paul. And then he was under other leadership in Jerusalem. He went off to his first missionary, and then he went on to his second missionary journey. And that is where Acts 16 picks up. But I want us to travel up and get some context, okay? So we're going to read verses 6 through 10, because I really think it's key to realize that when you are in a process, it takes a lot of trust in God. And it takes a, I'm not giving up, and I'm going to fight, because God has something for me on the other side. So let's read this. Verse 6 says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. I love that. I love that. The Holy Spirit had prevented them. Oftentimes, God is going to prevent you from entering into a place because it wasn't meant for you to go in there. So he's oftentimes protecting you. And so we look at these, these, um, these doors that stop us in the face, and we're like, God, why? And he's up in heaven like, there's a reason. Keep walking. I'll show you. So verse 8 says, or verse 7, Then coming to the borders of Myasia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Myasia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. Paul had a vision. Paul had breakthrough. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia, help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once. Can you guys underline that? We decided to leave for Macedonia at once. When God calls you to the thing, do not delay because you are going to prevent someone's breakthrough. 
okay? Paul understood this, that there was people on the other side of that. People were on the other side of that. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So a little bit of backdrop about Highlight Church. Um, thank you, babe, for just giving us those stats and, and all that. It's just, it's great. It reminds me of why I even moved here and left my mom, that I cry on monthly, that I miss her so much. Um, but the, the, the vision of Highlight Church was given to your pastor in 2012, okay? God came down pretty much, birthed them with this vision and said, you're going to start a church. I'm not going to tell you where, and I'm not going to tell you when. And it's going to be based out of Matthew 5, 14 through 16, where it says, A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do you light a lamp and put it underneath a stand so that no one can see. But what do you do? You put it on top of the stand so that the entire house can know just how good your father is. Right? And so Highlight Church was birthed out of that. So we're walking with the Lord. 2012, we're serving. 2013, we're serving on staff. 2014, we're serving on staff, and we enter into a 21-day fast at the top of the year that we do as a church every year. And if you've joined us, you know the power of fasting. It's a whole other sermon, so we'll keep on going. But on day three, God met me in a dream. And this is how the dream went. Most of you may know, and most of you may not. But I was in a dark room. And pastor was with me. And there was a woman in the middle of the room, and she had pretty much all black, like a suit, suited black um, dress. Looked very political. She was in her mid-50s, and she was holding this huge, what I knew was the Bible. And she was desperate. And she kept saying, 21 oceans, 21 oceans, 21 oceans. And I wanted to do something, and I couldn't, and I wanted to break free from where I was in that dream, but... I couldn't, and then all of a sudden, a light just transcended the room, and I woke up. Have you ever woken up from a dream, and you're like, where am I? What? What in the world? What is going on? I knew that this dream was from God, but I didn't get on my knees. Instead, I grabbed my phone, and I went to Google, okay, because that's what we do in this generation, right? We grab our phone, and we go to Google. And so I Google 21 Oceans. Mind you, I am living in Florida, where I am surrounded around water. Okay, y'all? Surrounded around water. But for whatever reason, 21 Oceans didn't bring me to Daytona or Fort Lauderdale or Miami or Tampa. It brought me to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Guys, there's nothing out there but the beach, right? And like a couple of people and like tourists. I've never even been, so imagine that. But I just knew that within me, it was an area or a place that God was sending us to. And, And here you see Macedonia in this time was a Roman colony. It was very vast, okay? And so Paul is woken up from this vision, and I love it because he tells Silas and his whole team, his whole crew, his team of nine, however many, say, let's go. Let's go. Listen, Rome is a big place. And this was, this was Paul's whole MO, was to get to Rome, get in front of Caesar, preach the good news so that all of Rome could tell and the gospel could spread. That was his whole plan. But he had to go step by step. He couldn't just bust into Caesar's palace, right? It would have been off with your head. So God was protecting him on this journey. But I love it because he knew that people were waiting for him. 
Oftentimes, people are waiting on your obedience to find their purpose. Oftentimes, people are waiting on your obedience to find their purpose. And you know that a calling is of God, I will tell you, when bettering the outcome of someone's life hangs on your obedience to that call. That's how you know. And Paul may not have fully known the names of these people. I remember there was one time on a Sunday where we were just deliberating on what we would do when we would get to Gaithersburg, and we put all of these sticky notes on the, on, on the whiteboard, and pastor said, this is a name, this is a name, this is a name, this is a name. We don't know them, but we're going for them. And that's what we committed to. So inserts Lydia. We'll get, we're going to get to her now. Lydia from Thyatira. I love that Luke is so descriptive with her name. Luke, another key thing, is a physician. And so he's very descriptive in his documentation. I am a nurse, and so oftentimes, well, I have to read my history and physical for all of my patients, and they it can be very descriptive. And so this is Luke. He's very descriptive, but he's also descriptive because Lydia is a woman of influence, okay? She's from Thyatira. Thyatira in that place was very well known for their clothes and their dyes, their indigo. So it's almost as if the Versace of today. Does that make sense? She was a boss. She was a merchant. But she wasn't like, here, sell me. No, no, no. She had a business. She ran the business. Lydia was doing her thing. And in Rome at that time, it was okay for a woman to have such high position. This wouldn't have flown in Jerusalem, but it was able to happen in the Gentile nation. So Lydia comes, and I love it because she opens her heart, accepts the good news, and immediately she gets to work. Immediately. So point number one is this. Listen to learn. Listen to learn. So I want to show hands. When you were in school, whether it's high school, college, maybe you're still in there, um, are you the person to sit at the very first two rows? Who, who, who's done that? Okay, cool. Look at that. My first two rows. <laughs> okay, so if, how about would you come in a little late or maybe early, but you were right in the back of the class. Show of hands. Come on. There's more participation than that. Let's go. Yeah, okay. So I won't lie. I was the person to sit in the front of the class, okay? I graduated with a 3.9, and I had a full ride. I am proud of that. I, am, I really, really focused my studies in high school and in college. But um, this one time or season of my life, I decided just to hang with that crew. You know, we all have that crew. And I began to hang with them, and they sat in the back of the class. So I enter into the class, and I decide to go hang with this crew and sit at the back of the class. And wouldn't you know it, this day my teacher decides to lose her voice because it's her fault and not mine, right, as, a, as I'm a teenager. And she's giving us answers to the test we're going to have in a couple days. So I'm not only in the back of the class, I can't hear her. And then this boy next to me is just talking, okay, so I definitely can't hear. Let's just say I didn't pass. I didn't pass that test. Listen to learn. It's so key. Learners listen intently. Learners make sure that they also open their heart and absorb what the teacher is saying. Learners are patient. They're not quick to speak, right, but they're quick to listen. And unfortunately, that is an issue in our society, and pastor brought up honor. But we're so quick to interrupt somebody when they're in the middle of talking, right? Are we even listening to what they have to offer into our lives? We're so quick to go on Facebook and post the first thing out of our mouths the first time we wake up instead of getting on our knees and praying to a God who can supply all your riches in Jesus. 
And so we have to become a generation that begins to listen to learn. Listen to learn. And in order to be a learner, you have to master the art of listening. Listening, listening, it's just so important. Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus says this, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Simple, right? And this may be so simple, and I pray that you don't allow it just to go psh, right past your head, but you realize that this walk of faith takes different steps, and these are these keys that we can hold on to to really make our lives better, truly. James 1, 19 through 25 says this, and we'll get it up here. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror, coming back, and you completely forget what you look like, the Bible says. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. This verse speaks for itself. There's nothing for me to continue to pull out. Listen to learn. Because this is the thing. Hearing is simply an audible sound. I could be in the room and there's conversations happening everywhere. I'm hearing that. But am I really paying attention to what pastor has to feed me in this next five minutes? Right? Am I really listening to what may be presented so that God can open my heart and allow shifts and chains that can ultimately affect our children, our generation that's growing up. Listening is hearing with the intent to understand and act. Being a learner and mastering the art and the listening is honestly one of the top qualities of a highly effective leader. And if you want to be effective where God has positioned you, you must at all times take positions of being learners. So is that what we're going to do? Listen to learn. And then point number two is this. It's one of my favorite ones, and, and Pastor has often um, taught the directional team this. List, it, it says, listen, I'm sorry, lead is spelled serve. He normally says Jesus, right, spells serve, lead spells serve. Um, and again, I, I'm so passionate about this because it's so important that we realize that in order to be great, and I'm going to pull this verse out, we have to be servant of all. But we've gotten so far away from that as a generation. Lydia understood that, though. Lydia understood that, though. In the main text, she immediately, she takes on this leadership and she urges them, you've got to come to my house. Like, I need you to come over now. You want to know why she said that? Because she knew that Paul and Silas had Jesus just welling up on the inside of them. This Jesus that she was meeting for the first time. She didn't walk with him, right? She didn't experience the resurrection. She, she didn't experience him eating fish and chips, you know, back with the disciples before he ascended. So she wanted them in their house. And oftentimes, we invite people over to get something from them. But when was the last time you've invited somebody over just to receive from them? 
Hospitality is so key, so key. So I had a manager back in Florida. Her name was Kristen. Again, I, I am a nurse, and I was charge nurse that day of the unit, and it was crazy, okay? There were so many sick people, and we had a code blue, and whenever that happens, it's just like, okay, we're just going to have a terrible day. Just kick up your, you know, your boots. Like, it's, that's just what it's going to be. And she comes walking in with her suit dress, and she walks in, and she looks at me, and I look at her, and I just have this face. And normally, she knows that I am very joyful and, like, you know, smiling from ear to ear. She doesn't even ask me, how you doing? What's going on? No. She jets straight back into her office, okay? And all of a sudden, she comes right back out, and she's wearing the same blue scrubs I have on. And I look at her, and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, come on. What's the next thing you got to do? Well, there's a confused patient in room 18. I've got to change him. Let's go do it together. Let's go do it together. And as we're changing this confused patient, right, it's not pretty, like, hello. (laughs) Jesus just really drops into my heart, Kyra, unless you serve, you will never be great. And it was something that shifted the way that I perceived how to love and address and, and, and lead people to Jesus. It was such a good and humbling experience. Pastor and I have served as youth leaders when I first entered into my salvation, which was actually, it's been seven years, like three days ago, which is crazy. Seven years since I've given my life to Jesus. Yes, we can celebrate that. God is good. And I was just sharing with the kids team, man, I got saved and immediately I started serving. Like, that's what Jesus says, right? So why do we sit and just consume and consume and become, I, I mean, I love you guys, but obese Christians, because that's what happens, right? But immediately, I began to serve. We served the youth, and I was there from the, from the very, you know, times we opened the doors to the very end, cleaning up after them, because hello, you know, we all were teenagers. I love my teenagers. We then served at Real Life, even before we were put on staff, and showing up 6.30 a.m. with the production crew, setting up pipe and drape, plugging all this stuff in, setting up kids mats pastor would pray over each kids mat 7 a.m like this is just what we did because that's what the bible says and that's what our jesus says and so we're here and, and we're leading people but we're also serving them and so i have um what i call my humble desks back in k through five and all of our kids rooms back there and they are heavy desks okay I come in with my team 7 a.m. every Sunday, still do it, and we lift these K through 5 desks. They're really heavy because they're middle school desks, and I literally put it in between. You've got to see. It's the funniest thing. And we literally have to walk them all the way down, all the way around the hall, and we got to keep going, and I'm breaking a sweat. I'm doing it in my heels. Like, this is just what we do. And you want to know why? You want to know why? God met me in a place when I began to complain. And he said, Kyra, if you don't move these desks, your oldest son won't be able to know just how much I love him. Kyra, if you don't move these desks, your three-year-old won't be able to learn how to pray. Judah is learning how to pray. It's amazing. But we take things for granted sometimes, not even realizing that, yeah, we may be bosses and we may be managers and we may be leaders and we may be influential. But if you cannot humble yourself down, to pick up somebody, to love on somebody, to pick up 
a heavy desk. What are we doing? What are we doing? Mark 9, 33 through 35 says this. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what are you discussing out on the road? He knew what they were talking about. You know that, right? Jesus knows all things. But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down. He's like, come here. Let, 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 let's sit down for a minute. Hold on. Let, let me just whip you in shape. And he goes and says, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. This is what Lydia did. She opened up her home. She urgently asked them to come and stay. And Lydia is actually the first documented European convert. And she was a bringer. She was a bringer. If you go to Acts 1640, she kept on bringing. She kept on bringing. So lead is spelled serve. Point number three is this, all in to win. All in to win. Lydia's response truly was an all in to win response. What did you say? Like, she didn't waste no time, did she? See, oftentimes we come to this, um, we come to, let's say, a good church, because there's no perfect church. I hope you all know that. There is no perfect church. Every church has problems because we make up the church, and we have problems. That's just what it is. That's why Jesus came and he died for us, and he's a perfect Savior, right? That's what we're moving towards. But she had this all-in-to-win response. It says that her heart was opened. She received the message, and she went all in. She got baptized. Her whole entire household got baptized. That means that she just ran like a woman does. Oh, my gosh, you've got to hear this. I've just heard, and I've met these men who have told me about Jesus. And I loved God, and, and I knew of this God, but, oh, I know the Messiah now. It's a totally different conversation, totally different conversation. Lydia, ultimately, she was investing, she was inviting, and she was involved. And those are three eyes that we have here at Highlight Church. And if you sit in super steps, you'll hear them. Get involved. Are you, in, are you inviting? Are you investing into what God is doing? Let me tell you, Lydia began to use her influence in the kingdom. How do I know this? You may be asking me. She was personally giving of her finances to overly and abundantly resource the kingdom of God and the push that they were trying to do in this area. Philippians 4, 15 through 19 says this. As you know, this is Paul speaking to them. You Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news. She was an activator and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. That's what God does. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with all the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. He is talking about resource here. That is what is sweet and acceptable to God. Your sacrifice, your resources, because God knows what it takes. God knows what it takes. That 10% sometimes is hard. I get it. 
I one time was on food stamps and still giving my measly $80. But I showed up to church the next day, and they met their goal because of my $80. It was amazing. And this God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. You guys, because Lydia had an all-in-to-win mentality, the Philippian church was birthed. Literally, a church was planted in Philippi. And we are going to be going through the book of Philippians in our summer bliss through the summer. And I know that as a church, we're going to grow so much because it's such a joy-filled book. And I know that it was joy-filled because they got it. They weren't waiting on somebody else with some other good news. They weren't waiting on God himself to show, show up. No, they heard the word and they went all in. Our value here at Highlight Church is pretty much that this vision that has been given to Pastor Joshua, we're going all in. The same thing happened in Paul. Do we not see this? Paul receives a vision. He goes to a place. He goes to a town. A woman is converted. A church is birthed. And they were, Acts 16.40, read it, continuously inviting people to the house of God. So if Highlight Church is your home, I want to just give you guys just three challenges. My superheroes, we love you guys. Can we just, superheroes in the room, can we just stand? Let's honor them. Because if it wasn't for them, coffee wouldn't be made. Pipe and drape wouldn't be set up. The parking team, you wouldn't get such love from them. Like, isn't it amazing to see the parking team jumping up and down on a Sunday? I mean, hello. You can have your seats. I just want to say to you guys, keep committing yourselves to the Lord. Breakthrough will happen in your lives. Do not give up. We don't give up until Jesus shows up. Okay? In a spiritual sense, the now and when he actually comes back in glory, because he will. And every knee will bow, the Bible says. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's when we finally say, all right, God, we're good to go. But we don't give up now. We are just getting started, superheroes. There are more people to reach. There are more families to, to, to just resurrect. There's more life to change. There are more people that need to know Jesus. We don't give up. And listen, maybe you've been on Highlight Church and you want to take that next step and you're just afraid. You don't know what that is. Come see us at the Blue Tent. Sign up for Super Steps. Most of the community happens on a Sunday. It truly does. It truly does. And if this is your first time here, I pray that you commit three times. Show to Highlight Church three times. Get to know the people. For my introverts, listen, I know I'm introverted at times, okay? I get it. Show up. Show up. And maybe it's your first time you've been hearing about the good news of Jesus, or maybe you've been astray. I don't know. Give it all over to him. Be all in with the one who can literally restore you and make you whole. Lydia understood that her all-in meant everyone around her would win. Lydia's moment of faith created a monumental outcome. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Jesus, for just this opportunity. 
Father, I pray that we begin to realize that you are calling us to be all in. As mothers, as fathers, as students, call, you're calling us to be all in in a generation that's being risen up, Father, that is getting further and further away from you and your truth. So Jesus, I pray that literally that you settle in this place and that you just meditate on our hearts and just do what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus, for Lydia. Thank you for allowing her to speak to her lives, God. I pray that we leave here with these truths. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.